right, people. Hello, and welcome to the Humankind Podcast. This channel is dedicated to seeking the good. I'm your host, Tasso, and each week it is my goal to bring you a new perspective on what it means to be human. Every guest I bring on will offer their unique flavor of humanity to those on the other side of the screen, and I will do my best to create a space where that can happen naturally. We are all different, but we are all human. And the point is to understand. So today we will venture to better understand and celebrate the life of one Mr. Eric Protein Mosley, formerly homeless man who struggled to raise his daughter on the streets of New York, now both a filmmaker and a change maker. His organization, Each One Teach One, is doing some important work in the effective communities through things such as education and resource management. Another project of his, Skid Row Journey Productions, has been featured on various news articles across the web. And his documentary about the intersection of COVID-19 and homelessness has had scenes featured on stations like PBS. If you'd like to watch the full documentary titled Homeless Coronavirus Outreach, I'll leave a link to that uh, on his YouTube page in the description below, along with his Twitter handle, a few articles you can check out, and a book that he penned with the same name. So if you know me, you know that I'm super passionate about this subject, and so I'm very honored to formally introduce Mr. Eric Protein Mosley onto the Humankind Podcast. So, how are you today, Eric? Wow, man, with a warm welcoming like that, man. Like, you got me speechless, man. I'm just blown away. Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, man, it's the, the pleasure is all mine. Um, if you could just give the people listening a quick rundown of your story and maybe some experiences that have kind of shaped you and brought you where you are today, um, I think that would be a great place to start. Okay, well, actually, I grew up in the city of Detroit, grew up um, up under a single parent mother. And like in the 70s, I went to high school and I dropped out like in the ninth grade, Mm -hmm. started experimenting with like marijuana and drugs and stuff like that. It was gambling, dropped out of school, got on with gangs and stuff. So I just started picking up all type of negative, you know, um, habits. And so Mm -hmm. then I became a single parent crackhead and I was traveling all across the country with a with a child by my side and I, and I took her through I tell everybody this I took her through pure, pure hell but God wow. seen a way for me to um you know take my mess and turn it into a message and now not only am yeah. I a social pack um documentary filmmaker my daughter she's also a very powerful social impact um person up in the Bay Area as well so God took the and flipped the script so Wow. You know, it was a bittersweet thing, you know? Yeah, that is a beautiful story. So you said you guys are in the Bay now. You're in the California area. Um, what was, what is that? She's in the Bay and I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. She's still in the Bay and okay. I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. So how did, how did you become homeless? And then also, if you wanted to speak on what that experience may have been like for people who are not familiar with that entire world, because I think that bringing, um, the whole of our humanity into the fold, I think it requires us to understand each other. And so I think a lot of people just see homeless folks and they just assume or they don't have the the wherewithal to really know how to interact. Um, so maybe you could just kind of put a face and a voice to what that experience is, is like in real life. Okay, well, to start off with that, homelessness is not a disease, it's a condition. Mm-hmm. And right. so it can happen to anyone. So how it happened to me 
was uh, me venturing off, like I was saying, picking up all these negative habits. And then when I got introduced to it, I eventually got um, strung out on it. And so mm-hmm. it was just from there, it was just like downhill from there. It's like, yeah. yeah, it was a spiral effect. And it's like, you're not, you're not even realizing that you're going down because everybody else around you is doing it. So it becomes like mm-hmm. a thing. And so, um, you know, then just traveling around the country, trying to just find your way. And then I became a single parent because at first it was me and my baby's mother and uh, my baby together. And then it was me and my baby's mother. We were doing drugs. And so she fell off the scene and it just became me and my daughter. So it was just like just each step was going further and further and further down. But one thing I did do was keep her in school and things of that nature. But it can happen to anybody. It can happen to me, you, and but let me break this down. There's three different classes of homelessness. There's upper, middle, and there's lower class. The upper class homeless is an individual that takes care of his or her hygiene, is trying to find a job, or probably living in a shelter, things of that nature. Where the lower class homeless is an individual that's just living out on the streets, that's not taking care of their hygiene, that's not trying to make it back into the main society. And that's really actually what people consider as being a bum. Now, the middle class is just the middle class. You know, just you know, just in between those two. But when when someone mentions of someone that's homeless, they automatically think of a person that's a bum. And it's not always that you have upper class homeless that's you know trying to make their way back. So you have to know how to identify with the three different classes before you can even identify with the homeless person, because each one of them are in different classes, have different um, vocabularies, have different um, goals and missions different and needs. life, and different needs and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That is such a great insight, too, because I feel like when we see or think homeless, we just it's just a monolith. It's everybody is in one category. But um, I think that is such a a, a good uh, thing to realize. And I, I actually read that. I was going to ask you about that, too, because in the uh, the Cinesource article, uh, it did. You, you, you quoted as saying, I'm trying to educate people about these three classes of homelessness. And so to me, it's just like wow, there is really somebody out here who was trying to bring light to this because too many folks, it's to me seems like, especially when you don't have a personal connection to it, it seems like a lot of people are just trying to seem like they're a good person or they want to they get some attention. But when you have a real personal connection to it, you know the people, you know how, the, how it's stratified and how the different classes interact, it brings a new level of, of person into it. Um, and I think that's just a beautiful thing. You actually also said in an interview that you felt God was the one who kind of led you to do this and was telling you to do this um, to help people. And I'm just wondering if maybe through your tough background, if that's something that you've always held on to your faith, or if that's something that you've kind of recently uh, come upon. Well, um, I grew up um, in the church, my, my mother had us going to Sunday okay. school and all that kind of stuff. And so really when I got on drugs, that's when I really met God, because it was mm-hmm. like, he, he cried out to him. It was like, yo, there's only one way out. You could try every other thing. You could go to meetings and all this stuff, but through me is the only way out. And so I had to cry out and I've had to beg him for my sobriety. And I'm not going to say it's begging. Cause it's like, I put myself in that situation, but I had to really let him know that, um, you know, I really wanted to get out of that situation. So, yeah, 
So, so God, yes, God has played all the impact in everything in my life. But that, what, what, what I did was I kept reading the book of Proverbs and I kept seeing like, wow, if I just keep obeying and keep obeying, eventually he will, um, you know, shine light on me. But also in Proverbs as well, I tell people who are on drugs now, once you quit, don't think that God is just going to put down everything that he was doing just to cater to you now. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, so it's like a, Oh, it's just hard, man. It's like, man, yeah, you got to be strong, you know? I hear you. I hear you. And that is um, another great insight. I think that the, the, when you walk in with Christ and for those who don't know, I'm also a Christian, but I feel like we all have these different paths to God and the people that I know that are the most authentically Christian, I would say, are the people that have gone through something that they had to cry out. It wasn't something where they were just kind of pampered through their entire childhood and never really had to struggle. It was people who (laughs) had no other option. And for them, God is not just something that is aloof and far away. It's something that they had to have here and now in order to survive. Right. Um, You know, and I think that's something that people don't really understand all the time people especially who are more on the i guess atheist or agnostic side of things they don't since they may not have had that personal experience it just seems kind of like nonsense but it's really beautiful to hear people who not only heard the call but responded and are continuing to do good things in their communities um so i did want to kind of go on to and speak about your your work with with filmmaking and art kind of as a medium of expression so with um with filmmaking, with creating documentaries, what kind of led you into that space? And why did you decide that that was how you wanted to to put a light on this? Well, actually, I didn't want to put a light on it. I was like, um, I was just like everybody else. I was like, I wanted to make money off of I wanted to find a project that I can make money off of because reality TV had just hit the scene. And I was saying to myself, well, you know, all this stuff I know about homelessness, I could probably take that and turn it into a reality scene, uh, a reality show. So what had happened was I um, I was staying with a young lady at the time, me, my daughter and her and her kids. And things were kind of going like shaky at the time. So I said, OK, I'm going to go to Los Angeles. I'm going to film my reality show. And she kept my daughter for me until me and my daughter relocated back in New York. But what had happened was I did a pilot and come to find out I had two hours worth of footage and um, a pilot is only like eight minutes. So somebody said, hey, that's a um, that's a whole documentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's whole. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. Wow. So, um, so when me and my, I got back to New York, I met my daughter there and we went back into the shelter because I was having to start all the way back over. And so I met this young guy in there and he seen the footage and he was like, man, you, you, you got to be an advocate for this shelter because they were doing people wrong in this shelter in New York. And mm-hmm. so it was this one young lady that they were doing her so wrong. And I was like, yo, I have to do it because I wasn't going to do it. I was just trying to find all the ways not to do it. So and to make a long story short, me and this young gentlemen we hooked up and we made so many different calls and so many different um you know um reached out to so many different people that they tore the whole building down put a brand new building up there and uh they made some changes and so i was bit by the bug then you understand what i'm saying so from there it was like wow i didn't know i could do this and so (laughs) and i just got through into that i didn't i wasn't trying to be a filmmaker i got through into that and i and i love it though wow that is such a 
dope story. I think that sometimes those those seemingly random or seemingly um, not purposeful moments can actually turn out to be the most purposeful moments, especially when we're paying attention. Um, that's so cool. And I think that the power that we each have uh, to, to affect change, that's another really big lesson I just got out of that. Because I think sometimes we, we do fool ourselves into thinking, well, there's not really much I can do. And um, really, as you just said, maybe it could just be a few phone calls and then that could be, uh, you could be speaking to that person who could make the change, right? And so just continuing to do what you can do in your sphere of influence to make those changes is just a beautiful thing to see. Another thing I see you're big on is education. And you kind of already started off with educating us about the classes of homelessness. I also wanted you to maybe expand on what other kind of things that you want to say in the next decade or so, if you could see where both with maybe filmmaking and education with each one teach one, what do you think could be some of the outcomes that you would like to see in the, in the near and in the long term? Well, with the um, each one teach one infrastructure, that's the partnership with the tech company to provide an upper class homeless with a job so that um, they can influence the middle and the lower class to follow in the same direction. So what I want to do is I could see myself in 10 years of being somewhere up in Silicon Valley or up in San Francisco and having every major tech company having at least one individual that works out on the street as a homeless outreach public safety worker through my nonprofit organization. And they would brandish their company name, but they would be trained to work with the homeless and they will be trained to work with the tourists that come there and so that's what i want to do is just see these companies expand and um because up in san francisco they were trying to help the homeless because they had did like a tech evasion and made the apartments rental go up but i want to see them since the coronavirus are they still going to stick to that so that's my thing is for major them to it okay yeah, it's to live up to that and give these some of these homeless people a job. The upper class, and hold on, let me break this down to you. Okay. Now, this individual will never have to come to the office because he's a homeless outreach public safety worker, and he's the upper class, so he's clean. He or she is clean, and they're always out in the field, so they never have to come to the office. I like that idea, and that's such a good, like, the, the it's almost like that the way you said it each one teach one infrastructure even the name of it speaks directly to kind of how it's formed where you have the different layers and each person is kind of pulling up the person behind them while they're kind of getting pulled by the person ahead of them um and i think that with the imbalances that the tech sector has in some ways exacerbated and caused this seems like a really simple ask in, in, in my opinion you know what i mean <laughs> Thank you. Talk yeah, so like it just seems like something that would be a common sense thing, like especially in California, where there's I think I saw a stat that said the state of California has half of or maybe even just Los Angeles and San Francisco have half of the entire nation's homeless population. And so if the solution can't start there, I don't know where it would start. Exactly. And then with the tech companies, but see what the problem was, they didn't know the three different classes of homelessness. And they were like, okay. well, we're not going to bring a dirty person here. And um, and they didn't have anybody to present to them, like, even though they're going to be clean homeless, that they're going to just be out in the field. And mm -hmm. so, yes, like you said, that's like a it's like a no brainer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The coronavirus had came and they were like saying, well, 
we um kind of don't need it but yeah so that's just saying you were going to just do that because the pressure was on so now we're putting the pressure back on and you guys need to take some of these people off the streets and give them jobs yeah definitely definitely and that is what starts the whole like once you hit that tipping point to where there's there's more adoption where there's people who see that this is a way out i think that we can start to to leave the label even of homelessness behind where we we tend to use it almost as a a, a a diagnosis of what a person is like oh that person is homeless and that's almost like stuck to that person but in right. a way i feel like homelessness is as you said it's the condition that they're in at the moment but it's yes. not permanent and if we start to have that mindset to where we can help people out of this and it's not like a like a like a oh I'm a great holier than thou person, but it's just common sense. Like let's help the people around us. Like if I'm a millionaire and my neighbor's living on the ground, am I really rich? And so if we have that mindset with everybody, I think we can start to really make change. That's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, oh, I like that quotation which you just said. That is powerful, right there. Dang. You know, like if we're if we gotta all be rich and then we can then we can really have fun. That's how I feel. Like if it's just Bye. a couple individuals doing their things on little private islands, that's like <laughs> I can't I can't really see myself being that type of person. Like if I know that there are people in need, it's right. just kind of hard for me to just be balling out. <laughs> like like yeah. just, you know, so I think that that is so important. Um yeah, yeah and I do want to still respect your time. We're getting close to uh maybe the mid to end part of this, but I did want to still have, I have a few more questions for you. And so one of those questions is protein. Why, why, why that name? Because I know that, um, especially in the streets, sometimes you don't want to use your real name for safety reasons, but was there any other reason? And how did that, um, how did that moniker kind of come to, to play? Well, you know, a lot of people ask me that. And the first part is true about the street thing. Like, you know, you don't let anybody use your name. And so I think, I don't know how that name came on. I, somehow somebody had called me like Protein Eric Mosley. And then I was going to use that. And somebody said, no, well, you got to, it's got to be Eric Protein Mosley. And it just came up and it just went good together. You know what I'm saying? I like it. Thank you, man. As soon as I heard it, I was thinking, because I just finished <laughs> taking a biology course. And when I was thinking about it, I'm thinking, um, just the way proteins are almost the, the core building block of everything. And in, yeah. in, in a way, it also is like the powerhouse of a lot of what happens in our bodies. So I thought that that was just an interesting, even if it was on accident, it's such a, it's such a cool connection to where you are essentially taking on that role of a builder and you are that building block. And so you're allowing yourself to kind of I don't know, be spread that ideology, that that thought process to be spread amongst everyone around you. And that kind of kind of catalyzes that change to where now people are like, okay, yeah, let me let me kind of join in on this. Um, but yeah, right, just kind of I'm glad you get that because you know women, they ask it in a different way. Well, where did that name come from? <laughs> just go with the flow. Just go with the flow, baby. Right. I love it. Um, and so as we kind of get towards the end, I wanted to ask you maybe some more bigger scope questions. So we kind of started on your story and then we went to some of the things that you're working on. Um, now, in terms of humanity at large as a whole, uh, do you think we are headed down a dark path? And I, I ask this not necessarily because I want to, not like as a fear monger thing, but I just want to be real. And, and kind of get your perspective as somebody who's on the ground seeing things. Is it, is it getting better? Are we, 
are we moving in the right direction or do we still need to kind of to switch the way we're thinking about things? I, yes, I really think like, especially being out here in Los Angeles, California and seeing how many um, people are becoming homeless and then, then, then not just becoming homeless, but the condition of their homelessness. Yes, I remember back in the day when I tried to educate Los Angeles about the problem, you know, nobody wanted to hear it. And that, that was um, when Skid Row was only the uh, homeless area. But now if you come out here, Tarso, and you, you'll go anywhere, you can see homeless campments everywhere on little blocks and yeah. alleys, Beverly Hills and everywhere, you know. And so I do see it getting worse. And I it's going to be it's yeah i do see it's it going to take worse. something big for for folks to wake up i guess right and then like another thing like los angeles is about to have the super bowl here uh for this year but it'll be in 2022 and so you know they're going to clean all of that up mm. for when the tourists and all those people come so um why can't you clean it up before that why are you going yeah. why are you going to wait 90 days before then and just snatch all the people off the streets i don't like that part that's a very good point and i remember actually when they were doing the olympics in brazil there was a big thing about that because people who were coming in who were tourists driving on the highway didn't realize that the they had walls put up on the highway just weeks before the events happened and these walls almost kept people from they kept people from seeing the poverty that was just on the like not even a couple feet away they would just put up these partitions and so everyone who was coming from the airport to their hotels would just drive on the highway not realizing that there was people who were homeless just outside their door and to me it just speaks to what we're actually trying to fight here are we trying to fight actual poverty and help people out of it or are people really just caught up with the optics and trying to make things look good and so it takes change makers like you and takes people who are actually putting on that pressure to make sure that people are doing what they say they're doing um, and to make sure that right. we're actually moving in the direction that we want to move in. Right. And I, I, yeah, and I wanted to speak on this before we go. While you said that, see, and this is one thing I want to speak to like the nonprofit organizations because they figure like, well, if homelessness ends, then that's, you know, we're going to be out of jobs and we're going to be out of money. No, this is what I want to do to each one, teach one infrastructure. We want to teach them how to just change, write their grants different. So if we give everybody housing, they're still going to need rise to the doctor. They're still going to need, yep. you know, training. They're still going to need other type of resources but you got to be the first one to jump in on it so but they're thinking like well if everybody gets housing and they're just gone there's going to be no need for us mm -hmm. yes they will but they just have different needs so nobody's going to be out yeah that's a very also a very important point and i noticed that actually doing through my work uh, a little bit in chicago with an organization called we are human i did notice that there was some uh some of that idea I, I don't know if I, I don't want to put it on anybody but i did notice that there were some organizations that seemed a little too comfortable just doing the meetings and doing the not really getting on the ground and doing the harder work and to me it just spoke to are we really trying to help people and i don't know because if we are actually trying to help people get out of this situation then it shouldn't matter if our market might have a little bit of a decrease like the point is to help folks, not to, yeah. to act like we're helping folks. And so I think you make a great point. You help people out of that 
And then in a way, they're they're almost more indebted to you after to where they may want to work for you. They may want to help contribute to help the next person. Like it's not a, exactly, you know. Yes, but they're so they're so um, uh, afraid that if they get housing, then that's that's it for their enterprise for their wow. um, non-profit. Wow. that's unfortunate. Yeah. Man, well, last question before I let you go. And once again, thank you so much, Mr. Protein, mostly for hopping on the Humankind podcast. I'm going to try to end each episode with uh, a similar question. And the question goes something like this. If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about the world starting tomorrow, so it could be like a law or it could be just something that spontaneously happens, what would that thing be? The thing that I will wave the magic wand would be that if someone asks you for something legitimately and you had it to give, that you could not say no. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to just end there. That is perfect. Man, thank you so much for your time. Uh, a big thank you again to the listeners for checking out my podcast. Mr. Protein Mosley is a man who is doing some great work um, in the States with homelessness. Again, if you would like to check out some of his content, I will leave links below. There's some articles. There is the documentary on YouTube and uh, also a Twitter link uh, in case you wanted to hit him up on there. Anyway, I will uh, go ahead and say goodbye for now. Y'all stay beautiful, stay human, stay kind, and we'll talk again soon. Peace out. Thank you. All right, last question. Where you located? I'm actually in the UK right now. Okay, cool. I got a yeah. little bragging. A little what? I'm bragging rights now. Oh, yeah. You international, baby. <laughs> I saw, yeah, uh, I'm in. Town called Highwood. It's like maybe 30 minutes west of.